Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Who is with us in studio? We're going to start with an update on last week's discussion around Kalula and uh, at that point their refusal to offer refunds for cancelled flights. There have been developments since we were last on air. And then we're going to pick up on the topic of cell phone insurance as we share a case study uh, of um, that really highlights the need to be sure you understand what it is that you are buying when you say you want insurance on your cell phone contract. If you want to join either of those conversations, you are welcome to do so by calling in on 021 Four four six zero five six seven. You can also send a voice note to zero seven two five six seven one five six seven. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Papa. Last week we were chatting about the fact that Kalula customers were only being offered travel vouchers for their cancelled flights, not refunds. Mm. And you shared the view uh, that you didn't think it was compliant with the Consumer Protection Act, Wendy. You read out the relevant clauses, which were quite clear about what customers are entitled to if they've paid for something and not received it. Somebody must have been listening because they've done an about turn, haven't they? I don't know if I can take any credit, but yes, it is good news for the thousands of, of people, bearing in mind that with with British Airways uh, and Kame together, Kame owns um, 40% of all seats on domestic um, flights. So Kame has decided to issue um, refunds after all. Just a quick backdrop, you know, that that the Civil Aviation Authority um, withdrew Kame's operating license on Saturday, uh, March the 12th, due to, as they put it, concerns around its safety management systems in the wake of three, what they called significant failures on recent flights. And then... um, it emerged that while British Airways ticket holders were told that they could apply for a refund on their cancelled flights and expect to get their money back um, in six to eight weeks or longer, given the, the, the volumes um, involved, um, Kalula customers were told that their only recourse was a credit to what Kalula calls the travel bank, mm-hmm. valid for just six months. And that just was not cutting the mustard for a lot of yeah. people. Um, I asked them to say, well, why do you not have a uniform policy? And they said, oh, well, they have to operate British Airways domestically under franchise from British Airway Global. And they then have to fall in with their policies, which stipulated a refund. And I made the point mm, that it shows you what if South African uh, passengers must make do with Most less favorable. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, anyway, uh, Kalula would not be drawn last week on why it had chosen. Uh, it just would not speak about the refund issue at yeah. all. Um, then... As you've the said. big turnaround. Right. And it, it was. It happened strangely, Wendy. It was announced on the public holiday and yes. not through the usual no. channels. No, no press release. Yeah. I'd been engaging with the um, spokesman and on the phone via email. I had been speaking on all my platforms about this issue, and um, I only picked it up because last night, um, during the course of yesterday. Um, somebody ironically was complaining that it was going to take so long Kalula says up to 10 weeks um, to refund yes to get the refund um, uh, and I said what? they tagged me and I looked I thought this announcement about the um, you know now we'll be doing refunds so I confirmed and yes it's the case um, the spokesman said sorry it was an oversight he should have told me but yes they released it he said they didn't do a press release they told people directly and they put it on uh, Twitter. This okay. is how we communicate now. <laughs> um, anyway. So um, the tweet was that Kalula customers affected by the flight suspension yes. from March 12 to 16 can elect to claim a refund 
or travel bank credit to their full ticket value. While the cancellations were unavoidable, we recognised the inconvenience and wish to extend both offers to affected passengers. Um, Wendy, I mean, we don't really know what happened to change their mind. We can make jokes about them listening to the show for all we like. Is there any sign of any intervention from ombuds or commissions or well, anything like that? It's an, it's an interesting question because um, when I spoke to the National Consumer Commission spokesman last week about, I said, you know, can you can you come forward and say something? Everybody wants to know, is this legal? Is this legal? I can't be the consumer journalist pronouncing on this. On the legality of it. No, yeah. I can have my view, but it's not for me to pronounce. So um, her comment was quite uh, carefully um, phrased. She said um, that they were... Um, forced by an act of uh, a section of the Consumer Protection Act to engage with the regulator, mm-hmm. um, in this case, COME, because the, in, the industry in, involved is, is regulated by another body. Um, and she said they required to do that, quote, when we identify practices that are inconsistent with the Consumer Protection Act. So clearly they were saying, come on, guys, this is not it's okay. It's yeah. They're good for them. And I think that's probably... Um, what happened. Okay, so the long story short is you can now apply for a refund. The not so good news, Wendy, is that as you mentioned, it's going to take up to 10 weeks to process those yeah, refunds. Yeah, 8 to 10 weeks. I would say um, don't hold your breath for 10 weeks. I'd say it would be a bit longer if it was anything like happened with the um, semi grounding of some years that, ago. Yeah. It took a year months. or even longer in yeah. some cases. Um, they do have to work through it. There will be some fraudulent claims. There will be people who applied for chargeback, which as we said last week is another way to get your money back. Yeah. It could be quicker if you if the banks play ball. You sort of leave out the merchant, in this case, Kami, and you go, your bank, the one that issued your credit card, if you paid back credit card, and it's only if you paid back credit card, goes to the merchant's bank and says, look, our, our client um, didn't get what they paid for. He has the proof, very easy to prove with all the news reports and everything yeah. else. Um, and then you get your money back that way. But obviously, you can't take too bad at the cherry. You can't um, apply for chargeback charge and, and then refund. and then apply. You can't get your, you can't enrich yourself and get a double refund. So yeah. they need to sort through that. To, uh, to be fair, it it is um, a process, and you can imagine I would uh, um, hazard a guess far many more people involved than w- with the semi grounding. Yeah, obviously, because a of, bigger airline, uh, and five bigger, days, bigger piece of the pie. Yes. Yeah, so. So, yes. Um, uh, okay, so you've got to send an email to refunds at comair.com. And it might take, wait for it, 20 days to get a response yes, to that Yes, I email. think they're trying to manage people's expectations because yeah. people have said, well, I've sent the email on Monday. And they're like, well, there's no response, no acknowledgement. So that's okay. just up to uh, 20 Days to get a response. I'm glad they didn't say 20 working days. Yes, because that's, a, that's month. a whole month. Yeah. Okay, so 20 days for a response to the email, and then once it's been processed, another 10 yes. weeks to actually get the money back into the bank account. And there's another situation yeah. is that not everybody wants a refund, they just want to rebook their. The value of their cancelled flight, want yep. to book, take that value and book it on another flight with Kalula. They're battling to get through to Commerce Contact Centre due to what the company calls higher than usual volumes. And all companies seem to say that all the time as a default, but this is exceptionally. You can understand why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw a tweet by Neil R last night. He says, I don't have time to wait for over 10 minutes with no answer. Can someone contact me? And Kalula's Twitter response team told him, kindly contact our team at the airport sales office. By contact, I think they mean get in your car and go to the airport because I couldn't imagine. I don't know. I would imagine that's probably the. the yeah, I guess so. I don't know if they answer the, their uh, phones. Uh, but anyway, the maybe they meant oh. phone them, but it would have been helpful to put a phone number there. Mm. Um, and for further assistance or email, MN contact center at comair.co.za for further assistance. MN being their, their, their 
what do you call it? I don't know. The, oh, the, the industry speak. Call, call it's the flat thing. number. Yes. Yeah, okay. MN contact center. Okay. Spelled the South African wind. Yeah. Okay. So patience all round, but at least there is the promise of the refund, which should have been made in the first place, Wendy. Thanks very much for uh, for giving us the update on that one. Sure. Okay, uh, we are going to move on to the new topic of cell phone insurance and it'll need to wrap over past the eyewitness news. But just to say that if you've been affected by this or if you've got a question you'd like to raise for Wendy, you're welcome to call us on 021-446-0567. And actually, Wendy, I'm wondering, we've only got two minutes before news. Shall we jump ahead to topic number three? You wanted to give us a brief update on the the on-the-road fees issue. Oh, that's a good idea. And then we can come back to the cell phone industry uh, after the 2.30 news headlines. It'll be a little bit less disruptive. This is an update on a long-standing consumer yes. issue, the, the, the so-called on-the-road fees that were being charged by car dealerships. And I said were being charged, are still being charged. Are still because being it's charged. not concluded yet. Yes, so so it's the practice of the dealership adding this on and then adding it to the, um, to the agreement mm-hmm. um, uh, with the bank, you know, that gets financed. So it's the, 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 the um, National Credit Act, because this is now a credit agreement, it says that you can't ch- uh, charge nothing other than the cost of a tank of petrol, for, you know, in a car that's being sold um, and the actual cost of licensing um, and registration and, and paying for someone to queue in your place. That okay. can be added, but nothing else. And But it's been the norm for many years to add this fee, which... If you ask them to break it down, and it can be five, six thousand, four thousand, whatever, it depends. Uh, it ranges from dealership to dealership and brand to brand. But it will be if you ask them to break it down, it will be for washing the car and getting it prepared and doing the checks and all the other things, which in other industries are Should built into the purchase price. Yeah. So it's like yes, claim your costs, but do it transparently. Put it into the purchase price, and um, then we all know where we stand. So this is happening uh, with cash. And credit deals, but obviously the national credit regulator could only um, take up the issue on the credit deals, right? So they took this case. It was um, VW uh, Financial Services, the one case, and BMW Financial Services. Um, It went. They appealed, um, and it went to the tribunal. And I don't even remember how long ago it was now, 2019. I was going to say, it's definitely yeah, before 2019, lockdown. before yeah. lockdown. Yeah. April or so, I think. So we're going on for three years. Three years. Um, the tribunal sided with the regulator and said, yes, it is illegal. And then there was an immediate appeal. And increasing numbers of people are starting to say to me, well, what happened, what happened? So um, this is not a lot, basically, except we have a court date now. So okay. VW Financial Services told me that they had taken the National Consumer Tribunal's decision relating to on-the-road charges on appeal to the High Court in Pretoria. The appeal has suspended the order of the National Consumer Tribunal, in other words, um, Situation normal. Yes, carry as on you were. It for now. Yes. Yeah. So in other words, you can't, as a consumer, contest it. Although I would say you know, negotiate the price down. Um, and uh, this is uh, so it's business as usual, pending the outcome of the appeal. And that appeal has has been set down finally three years on. Will be three and a half for the twenty sixth of October, twenty twenty two. I have noted that um, date in my diary. Um, uh, it's been there for a while, okay. and um, I will be following up. But the answer that everybody wants to know is um, what's do I have happening. To pay them? Yeah. Yes, and so that's what's happening. And and to the point, yes, you do. Okay, so in the interim, they they can continue to charge them. You can't you can say it's illegal, to, but to, I would say na- push back to hard. Negotiate your way out of them, but yes. they are allowed to continue doing so yes. pending the outcome of that appeal. And we will we will report on that when it happens. Okay, and that'll be in October this year. Thanks for the update, Wendy. 
Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Okay, and so on to our new topic for today, uh, cell phone insurance and what it's actually intended for. There is more than one kind. And Wendy, as some of our recent case studies have shown us, customers don't always fully understand what it is they're signing up for or refusing or declining to sign up for yep. when they're offered insurance. Exactly. So um, the, the, it's, this is where the story started and then it yep. ended up being something else. But I thought it was an important uh, important enough issue for me to, to talk about it here and then we'll go on to, to the main to what issue. To so, our case study here. So what prompted uh, this topic was an email we received a few weeks ago from Alison Reeves telling us about her experience with Vodacom after her mom sadly passed away in September of last year. Yeah, so this is how she explained her story to us. Last April, while, while visiting my mom, my adult daughter and myself went online to upgrade her cell phone contract. The application form had a box to check if you required insurance, and we 100% ticked this box since my mom was already in poor health and we knew it was prudent to do so. A confirmation email was sent by Vodacom to confirm the upgrade, stating the period and monthly cost of the contract, but the contract itself was never emailed to us. That uh, confirmation email stated that her contract was 420 rand a month, um, and the insurance value on the online form was 9.99, which did seem ridiculously low at the time. So when the first debit order went through on the 1st of June for 438.99, I had no reason to question the amount and it assumed all was in order according to the online application. Then a week after her mum passed away in September, Alison called Vodacom to inform them and ask what they required for insurance purposes. To my absolute horror, she says, uh, since we know that we did tick the insurance box, they advised us that there was no insurance on the product, on the contract rather. I then asked how this was possible and they only then sent me a copy of the contract which showed no insurance. But, Alison said, you know, emailed us, in the fine print it states the following, if you already have device insurance with Vodacom, your insurance will automatically be upgraded to cover your new device. And there was the clue. It's device insurance. She was thinking that it contract was contract insurance. Insurance, insurance, which is a lot more than the insurance on the device. Because what happens is if your loved one passes away while their contract is still absent, whatever is still owing on the contract, um, because it doesn't just fall away in, in the event of somebody's death, it becomes, you know, the family or the estate and it has to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Unless you have credit life insurance, and this is on all your loans. Um, okay, so just... We, and then, then, sorry, they just wipe yeah. out. They just they, absorb. They, so that's, this is the, the meat yeah. of it. So Alison's story then takes a bit of a left turn, which we'll get to in a minute. But crucially here, device insurance is if you lose or damage your cell phone, yes. that will fund replacing it and or you can either go through it, through yeah. your through the cell phone company they all offer it or yeah. you can go through your own if you have if you have oh, house contents is, yeah. out and about it often works out cheaper, cheaper to do it that way yeah yeah so it's your choice okay so that's device insurance is insuring yes. the actual handset contract insurance will cover what is left owing on that contract in the event yes, of your death because okay. in many cases as in Allison's family they didn't they all had their own contracts they didn't have the need for another one they didn't want to take it over so they yeah. didn't want to take it over and um, so they wanted to cancel it so when Alison got that sort of well there is no insurance thing she was furious but she um it's a difficult so position. Yeah. Even if she'd had it, it would have been for the device, which for the wrong wasn't appropriate. kind of insurance, yeah. yeah. So the the issue of no contract being provided is one I'm sure all of us can relate to. I can't remember the last time I laid eyes on the actual physical contract for a, a cell phone renewal, Wendy. The last time I did yeah. it was in a store. 
Okay. Well, my daughter. Did you get an up, actual copy? Yes, I did. You did. Of course I did. For you. Of course you did. You're Wendy Nona. But Most I'm, of us don't I have can't to ask. say. Yeah. No, I've, well, this job. I don't ask. think I would normally, if I'd been doing some another form of journalism, that it probably would have occurred to me. But twenty-four years of doing this, and I definitely Learned ask for look everything. At, look at yes, the copies through other people's mistakes. So, anyway, then the story um, takes takes another turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so let me bring Alison in here because she's with us on the line to explain what happened next. So, okay, the issue of the kind of insurance that was taken out is one thing, and thank you for the reminder, Wendy. Make sure you know whether you're buying device insurance. Or contract insurance, and that is actually you must, it must be itemized on your on your um, invoice. And if it's not Specified there, ask questions. Such. Okay, yes. so so Alison was now stuck in the awful position of of she knew she ticked that box, but without a copy of the contract, there was no way to prove it, uh, and uh, she had to just accept that. Uh, but then let me bring her in to tell us what happened next. Alison Reeves, thank you so much for joining us to share the story. I'm really sorry uh, to you and to your daughter for the. Uh, battle you've been through here and of course for condolences on the loss of your mom as well but thank you for joining us today welcome thank you so much thank you and thank you for your assistance without you guys i don't think i would have um had any kind of favorable response from Vodacom in the end in any case as to this yeah. whole thing well, i'm so glad we got there in the end but let's let's explain yeah. to the audience what happened so so alison you took it on the chin and decided okay well i have to now settle the balance outstanding on my mother's contract and that is when the next shock came because the settlement figure that Vodacom presented to you was was not what you were expecting was it not at all. I mean, the entire value of the contract, I think, was around 15,000 rand if you took the full period. Mm-hmm. And my mom had already paid 10 months worth of the contract, so it was about 4,000 rand or something. And um, I got a nice little surprise that it was going to be 18,000 rand to cancel the contract. Which was more than so, the whole value of the contract yeah, by your calculation. Exactly. exactly. How much more, yeah. um, much more Alison? Yeah, it would have worked out to probably about 7,000 rand, more than the entire, okay. you know, the, once you took off the deduction, etc. So, yeah. If I could just jump in here and say that this was a 36-month contract. Okay. So, um, that's another point because now all contracts were 24 months for cell phones and now they're 36 months and some people don't actually realize that they don't look at the box properly and they think they've got a 24-month contract and that the monthly repayment is quite good. Meanwhile, they're, they're locked in for 36. For three years, not two. Okay. Put that yeah. there as another warning. But... Um, so the big question here is, where, you know, where did Vodacom come up with that inflated number, which was more than the total value of of what would have been due on the contract? Uh, Wendy, I know you wanted to ask them that. Yes. Well, I want. Well, first of all, Alison, you, you, or, or your executor, the executor of your mum's estate, or both of you, asked Vodacom just that: how they justify? I mean, literally getting seven thousand something rand more than they would have had your mum survived the contract and paid every month as she was doing for thirty six months. What answer did you get? Well, it was quite dismissive, really. It was like, basically, we've sent you the amount and that's it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. No okay. interest whatsoever. And that's when you came to us. Um, and I'm very glad you did because I, we also wanted to know <laughs> we we also wanted to know how those sums worked. So I said I, I engaged Vodacom both about the uh, the way that contract insurance is sold and how it is differentiated from handset insurance, and we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but I also wanted to know. Um, how they came up with that figure because how could it possibly be okay that they would get more money 
um, out of the family than they that would have if, the, if your yeah. mum had you know, lived to, to pay those 30, all 36 months of the contract. So Vodacom's yeah. response was, we can confirm that Ms. Reeves, and I think they, that was mistaken there, you were the complainant, but the, the contract was in your mum's name. But anyway, there, there was no insurance cover with us, whether contract or comprehensive handset cover. That's what they call the device itself, okay. the cover on that. As part of our online journey, the customer has the option to either add or remove contract cover and comprehensive cell phone insurance to their basket when upgrading or taking out a new contract. The total monthly amount of the contract, including the selected insurance cover, will reflect when the com- customer re- re- proceeds to check out of their online shopping. In this case, the statement or invoice only reflects their contract amount, which means the contract cover was not selected. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically pointing out, as I did just now, that there are two separate line items on their bill, one for device insurance or uh, and contract cover, depending on what the customer selected for their overall bill. So that's... The, the, That's the insurance the, discrepancy Yes, so please issue. check your statement so you know exactly what you are and you aren't covered for. About the settlement discrepancy, there was just, you know, two sentences. We'd like to apologize profusely to Ms. Reeves for the inconvenience this has caused. Our system generated an incorrect amount, which we have now rectified. The correct settlement amount is 9,420 Rand, bearing in mind that before it was 18,000. 18,000. So it's halved. It yes, is halved. Alison, I mean, what do you make? I mean, that that response saying, sorry, our system generated an incorrect amount. I mean, what do you make of of that response from them? I I just actually burst out laughing when I read it because it's actually quite ludicrous. It was like, there was no real apology. It was like, sorry for the inconvenience. But the point is that if I didn't know what my mom's contract was worth and how much she paid off and had left it all up to the executor to, to deal with, because my mom's estate would have been able to cover the 18,000 rand, I'm quite sure that it just would, would have, have been, been paid. paid. Yeah. It's and there's, you know, that's and another that's lesson. Part. Well yeah. done for you for interrogating that, Alison, and not giving up when they said, well, that's the figure and it must be yeah. paid. Yeah. Listen, I'm all for paying what I owe, but don't rip me off absolutely yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you 100% Alison by all means yeah. ask me to pay what is legally due to you but not a cent more than that and certainly not no. double the amount I, that was I, I actually I just think due. it's yeah. quite <sighs> what's the well, word I've just got to wonder how often the, con- That's the, what the I'm system saying. kicks out a mistake and it just slips by the fact and, that you, you know, couldn't get this sorted out without it being taken up by a media team is, is also unconscionable. Not good That's yeah. probably the word. Yeah. It's a lovely CPA word. But it, it, it should never happen. So thank exactly. you very much for well, raising this you. with us so we can alert other people of what to look out for <laughs> in all sorts of ways around these the, the insurance issue, settlement balances and, and the rest. Always check. And I think not suggesting it was done deliberately, but I think the chances of, being, of it being undetected when, in the winding up of an estate of are very great, high. Yeah. Alison, all the best to you and your family. Thank you Thank so much you. for joining us. Thank you so much for your help. It's our great pleasure, Alison Reeves. So there we go, settling on 9,400 rand rather than 18,500 rand, which is what Vodacom initially told it was due. And as you say, Wendy, it's, it's, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth, not only the, the fact that the error was made in the first place, but the way, the lengths Alison had to go to to when get it resolved. When she queried it, it yeah, wasn't resolved. Is really not good enough. So, okay, an important lesson for all of us to learn. Okay, so again, Wendy, if you are going to take out insurance on your cell phone contract, the takeaway here is make sure you know which kind you are taking. Yes. Device versus contract insurance. Two very different forms of cover. And then make sure that those cover options are specified as separate line items.
when yes. presented with your, your, your amount due. Exactly, but don't yeah. um, assume that you're paying. We've done other shows about self-insurance. insurance. Um, Vodacom says they automatically, if you upgrade your contract the and you already had self-insurance, insurance, they automatically, which is good, will transfer that policy onto your new device so that you don't end up paying as many people have and still are not realizing that they're paying insurance on an on an older phone that they're not, they're using. not using and the fact is the way this insurance works your sim your contract sim needs to be in the insured phone for for that to pay out okay and then i would certainly um it is a bit of money but i certainly given the times we're living through um just so much going on and i suppose because of what i get in my inbox it's a really good idea if you can possibly afford it if you can just push yourself to have um credit life insurance on your on your car loan on your home on your you know just so that um when you pass your your loved ones aren't left with all these things or the estate to to settle it is then just taken care of and their balance written off and for anybody who is sadly in the position of helping to wind up an estate, please double check and do yeah. the sums and uh, find that contract figure and make sure that what you're being told is the settlement amount is indeed the fair settlement amount. Okay, we might have time to squeeze in an open line or two. If you've got a, a relatively short-ish question to put to Wendy, you're welcome to call in on 0214460567. In the meantime, Wendy, you wanted to flag a, a quite important notification around um, dealing with international e-retail. E- yeah, the post office has issued a warning about this before, but I think the number of complaints uh, is ramping up. So they've seen fit to issue another warning this week. Um, they say that, um, yeah, it says sharp rise in the number of inquiries they're getting from people who have received emails or text messages that look like they come from the post office but they're actually from fraudsters trying to get them to click on a link and give them access to their mm-hmm. bank account. So a bit of confusion, though, is that you do you would get a text from the post office saying that you've got a parcel to collect, but the collection fee that you pay, because they can charge a collection yes. fee, 24, 48 rand, depending on the size of the parcel, is only payable over the counter at the post office when you collect your parcel. It's not paid in advance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people doing um, buying lots of stuff from international e-retailers. That number's shooting up, and then being the, the goods being sent to the post office. I think a few people have fall. A lot of people have fallen for this. So they send this email or SMS, and um, so you need to pay this amount before you collect. Just yeah. here, and then it's like let's have your bank details. So and it's a phishing. So okay. they've they've urge people to report it on a, on a toll-free crime buster hotline. We could maybe put it on the block 0800 020 070 0800 020 070. Um, but, the, but the important message I want to get is please know that any collection fee is payable face-to-face at a post office counter. None of this... Um, so. So you will get a text, but it'll tell you that you've got something to collect. It won't yes. tell you, please click on this link because you need to pay this amount now. That is the con part. Okay, it's so important. And if I, I'm smiling because uh, over the Christmas holidays, my parents got an SMS saying, you know, th- there is a parcel waiting for you. And I was like, don't touch anything. Don't click anything. <laughs> don't follow links to anywhere. Were you expecting a no, parcel to arrive? That is me. And I'm like, the voice of Wendy no <laughs> shouting out but of my mouth. Um, the, the, so you, the important thing is they will send an SMS to yes, say there is a so parcel for you. That's the confusing part. Branch. But the point is you um, must never pay upfront for anything. Don't click on the link. <laughs> Funnily enough, when I tweeted this warning yesterday, Altaf responded, we got some official documents from the post office 
and a call from like five people with the post office. It was so legit. I doubted myself. After saying we were opening a case at SEPs and that we know it's a scam, they suddenly went cold and we never heard from them again. And my response was, <laughs> real post office employees are never going to try that hard. <laughs> ouch, ouch. I'm but sorry, but it's true. true. <laughs> and nor should they really. I mean, but the cost of all the calls, I mean, one parcel, they've told calls. you, yeah. we've got your parcel. And they might give you one more reminder in the old days. I haven't had a parcel since they still put the slip in your post box. Yes, I haven't I haven't either, had so. one since they do that, send the text, which even they know is more reliable. <laughs> what a sad state <laughs> of affairs it is. Okay, uh, we're going to take a very short break. I can literally squeeze in one very short uh, open line question if you get dialing now. 021-446-0567. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. Right, some interesting WhatsApps coming through here, specifically relating to the Vodacom story. Firstly, several people asking the same question, uh, is this happening with other cell phone companies too? So this is, look, uh, I'm not sure if you're asking about the the inflated amount or the insurance issue. Across the board, if you take out insurance, make sure you know... And, what it is you're signing and for. And legally, you have yeah. to see all the terms and conditions. You have to see the contract, the exclusions yeah. and everything else. So you need to do so that. So ask for a copy of the contract I think, too. I think insur- yeah. insurance is sold so easily through, you know, in this country and consumers don't um, ask enough questions around it. So, you have this, and so in many cases, it's a false sense of security yeah. and comfort around it where, you know, you, you might not be covered at all. You might not be covered in the way you think you are. Um, so it, it's admin, it's prints, admin, yeah. but I'm afraid there's no other way around it. You have to read it. And then here's another WhatsApp saying, on the issue of Vodacom saying their system generated an incorrect figure, one can assume that there are probably many other incorrect figures because the system is automated and in the background is an algorithm which must have had some kind of uh, error. So I'm curious, did Vodacom go back and investigate how many other errors there are? Mm, I um, hope so. I could ask him the question. Look, for me, it's not as much, so much the mistake. It's, sort of, it's always what they do about the mistake once it's brought to their attention. And yes. I, for me, the shock part is not so much the mistake but the fact that when it was queried they were they, they, they didn't get dived, any yes. further yeah and and with a very you know not a sort complicated look this is what it would have cost if the contract had run its course you're charging this amount extra why mm. that can't be right and then for them not to take it up at that point that is, that is what I take issue with made a mistake. Yeah. that is what yeah. I take issue with yeah okay but yes point taken it, it, it probably wasn't a one off it probably well, yeah it would be very interesting indeed to, to see the recon of the figures okay this is on a completely different uh, but also travel related question a Myrtle's just whatsapped Wendy saying I paid 100% of a fare for a cruise with MSC and I needed to cancel because of my sister having to have a sudden hip replacement a surgeon's certificate was supplied in my cancellation, I realise they have a cancellation policy of a 50% refund if it's less than 30 days before departure, and the cancellation was sent today, 33 days ahead. MSC has replied that they won't refund anything, but that I must take another cruise in the next season. I don't want another cruise, I'd like a refund. Is there anything I can do? Sorry, whose stipulation was the 30 days? It sounds like that's, she says, the cancellation policy of MSC okay. is 30 days before departure. There's so a 50% fee. I would very much like to take up that case because the Consumer Protection Act says that you can cancel an advanced booking for which you've paid. Um, and there will be a, a reasonable cancellation penalty. We've spoken about this yes. in so many different scenarios over the years. But there's a proviso, and that is if um, that does not apply in the event of the hospitalization or death of, of one of the parties. 
Okay? So it's the sister so, of one of the so, parties in this case. Yes. Well, she was obviously on the trip, or was she not uh, on the trip? That's not clear. Whether oh. she's, I'm not quite sure if the sister was meant to be going with her or if she's cancelling because she wants okay. to stay behind so to be with her sister. If, if yeah. it was her sister that wasn't on the trip um, and she needed to be supporter, then she doesn't have a case. She's uh, she has to there is the, the reasonable and they're allowed to, and they're allowed to if she yeah. booked months ago they can sort of say well in the last within the last month no you're not getting um, anything back however if her sister was going on the cruise then she needs a full refund for that component. Myrtle, I think the best thing to do would be to send a, a detailed email to Wendy and set out all the details, the date that you booked, the obviously the cruise Dates you were going crucial. on, date of departure, um, and, and let's see if Wendy can, can get to the bottom of this one. Uh, to, to send a, a case to Wendy uh, for Myrtle and anybody else who wants to do so, the email address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. And please just put Cape Talk MSC Cruise in the subject line, Myrtle. Um, please, very important to, to identify that it is a question for the Cape Talk Show, just to help Wendy in terms of managing her admin. Uh, consumer at nola.co.za. Just like that, the time's up, Wendy. Been a <laughs> very busy show. Thank you so much for joining us, as Thank always. You.